This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. Person walking the planet. Now, if you follow any other sport, football players, archery on YouTube. Josh, look at archery. Tell us some stuff about archery. Man, I ain't finna watch no archery. Then I watch archery on YouTube. Dog. Five reasons to respect the archer. Five. Number one, they are probably the most deadliest, unassuming person walking the planet. Now, if you follow any other sport, football players look big, basketball players look tall, shooters look like a shooter, an archer don't look like nothing. An archer could be the bad boy in public, an archer could be the seven-year-old boy walking into school, an archer could be that grandma pushing that baby in the stroller, jogging down the street at nine o'clock in the morning because she ain't at work because she retired. Archers are the most unassuming, dangerous people in the world, man. So I studied this dude on YouTube named Lars Anderson because I want to see the world's best archer. See how? Nah, okay, let me let me stop that right there. Lars Anderson's not the best archer on the planet. I'm sorry. Uh, Lars, Ander Lars Anderson is just a look like he a dude who had had a rough time in high school. Uh, he looks like uh, you know your usual. Kind of nerdy dude. Um, I'd imagine he's one of those guys that's always complimenting like cosplay girls trying to get laid. Ugh, these these trick shooters, they don't do it for me, man. I I don't know. I'm sorry. It's an unpopular opinion. I know a lot of people like Lars Anderson, um, but the fucking trick shot shit, it's just fucking dumb. <laughs> I don't know. To me, like I, you know, we'll get into this video more, but <clears throat> I just want to play it. My buddy Ivan sent it to me and said, "Hey, check this out. This is cool." Uh, you know, dude, perfect. If you guys ever watched the dude perfect video where he's doing all those trick shots, him and his homies are doing all these trick shots. It's pretty much you can do all of these trick shots if you just waste the whole fucking afternoon doing them. And I know someone out there is going to be like, oh, yeah, Wendell's so easy. Why don't you do it? It's like, dude, maybe I will. All right? Maybe I, I won't, but I'm going to say maybe I will. Um, but, yeah, there's you know, there's all kinds of videos. There's dudes online fucking curving an arrow. Another dude shooting a fucking aspirin out of the air. The most impressive one I've seen was a dude shooting another arrow getting shot at him from a, like, a, like a crossbow. I was, like, legitimately impressed on that one because, you know, well, to be fair, he dialed that crossbow way fucking down so that if it hit him, it would just fucking tap him into the dick, you know? It wouldn't fucking impale him. Uh, so there's that. But still, to hit something that's coming at you, that's that's impressive. I mean, people should know that I can shoot I can shoot two pennies out of the air with a rifle. You know, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, you know, shooting an arrow out of the air is pretty impressive. I can, you know, I can do shit like that. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, you know. Whatever, not important. But anyway, to this uh, the dude that made this video, welcome to Archery, overweight black man. We are happy to have you. Um, I sure hope. I think later in this video he talks about Vegas. I'm not sure. He talks about making money though, doing archery. Um, it's good stuff. Good stuff. I like seeing. I like seeing archery in like mainstream stuff. You know what I mean? Uh. It's always refreshing, even if it's done poorly. Like, let's be real, right? Uh, Hawkeye in the Avengers, he's all right. Even if it's grossly <laughs> kind of kind of 
kind of lame. <laughs> the Hunger Games girl, eh, yeah, whatever. It's archery. I'll take it. Frozen was pretty cool. Uh, I think it's Frozen. Is that what? It, no, not Frozen. I never saw Frozen. It's the other one. I'm not good with Disney. It's the redheaded. Uh, let me hold on. Let me Google this so I don't get it wrong. Redheaded Disney princess. Uh, let me see. I believe it is called Brave. If you guys ever watch Brave, that is a good one. Um, she's got decent archery form. I mean, I've done a little bare bow. You know, not bragging. <laughs> not good at it at all. But uh, Brave is goddamn hilarious. At least in the archery scenes. Because she's hella good. And then the people that she's shooting against. Like, she's got to shoot against potential boyfriends or whatever. Their forms fucking blow. And you're just like, oh, they ain't going to hit shit. It's, it's a good show. Or a, a movie, I should say. My daughter watched it. I'm trying to slowly do the soft brainwash on my kid. So that she thinks archery's cool. So... Konichiwa, bitches. It is Thursday night. Probably going to be Friday morning by the time you guys listen to this. How are you? Over this past weekend, I got to tell you, there was the Reading... Is it not cabin fever? They call it cabin fever. It's the warm-up. Is what I... You know, what everyone was calling it to me. The Reading warm-up. Which is basically, you shoot a, a 924 round on a, a section of the course. Um... It's not the. I don't think it's the exact same animals, like and distances that are going to be in Reading. I could be wrong on that one, but last time I shot the Reading warm up, it was a little different, um, or it was different than, you know, the trail shoot, as it should be. Um, but yeah, the warm up was this weekend, and if you guys don't know, fucking Blake Jerome shot a nine twenty four. That's a perfect score. Nine twenty fours, as far as I know have only been done on a handful of safari events. You know, I, I can count them on one hand. But, you know, I've only been in the sport for, what, seven years now. I'm sure some of these old guys will be like, oh, you know, Tommy Daly Sr. did it fucking blindfolded and stinking pissed drunk, you know. Um, but as far as I know, only not, 924 has only been shot a handful of times. And, you know, if you guys think about what goes into a 924, the weather's got to be right. You don't have a, a bunch of wind in your ass. And you have to be so dialed in that you hit everything. Um, I mean, I'm sure... I can't speak for Blake's 924, but... You know, I'm sure for some of those 924s, they get pretty... You know, a handful of edgy shots, for sure. Um, it's a lot of arrows. So, to Blake Jerome out there, congratulations. Uh, if you guys listen to previous episodes of the show you can listen to blake he talks about his shooting philosophies his training thing you know what he believes in training um 924 is fucking stellar well done blake that's one for the the record books interestingly uh well should we get into that? yeah we'll get into that okay so we'll dive right in uh henry bass you guys know who henry bass is He's like, uh, let me see. Let me get the info for sure. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Henry Bass. I've gotten to shoot against Henry Bass in the past. He's always, you know, smacked me around, what have you. Um, he's a pretty cool guy. Uh, you know, what, what have we done? I've had sushi. got a little drunk. I've had to shoot against him a whole bunch 
due to the outlaws, which is another great reason why I would encourage everyone who wants to get into competitive archery to do the outlaw series. Cause you end up shooting against guys like Henry Bass. Um, Bill Drake is another guy who does some of the outlaws from time to time. Um, so Henry Bass, for you guys don't know, he lives up in one of those states, either Oregon or Washington. I think he's a Washington guy. Um, he's made the Vegas shoot-off, I think, four times. He's won the, the Reading Trail shoot. Uh, he's a beast. All right? He's a beast. I think in previous episodes of the show, I've said he looks homeless. Right? Um, yeah, you know, Henry's... A seasoned guy, let's say. All right. Um, when I met Henry, like he could not care less about talking about archery. All he wanted to talk about was wine, or, or getting shit faced. Shit face. People get shit faced on wine, also. You got to be real wary of. But uh, I mean, aside from that, he's pretty down to earth, dude. You know, for a guy who has such accomplishments like like Henry does, he's he doesn't really have like a. I don't know if ego is the word. He just doesn't come off as like a superior, you know, people that act superior. He just seems down to earth, all right? Um, so Henry did this big post on Facebook recently, and he was talking about uh, blank bailing. And I think I think where he got a little, what's the word, contentious in this post, is he said, that now, more now than ever, I've been seeing these, quote, coaches unquote pop up and not discrediting anyone just writing a single post about it and in my opinion as a lot of their cures to everything is to shoot blank bail so i won't go over you know it it, henry does a really long post basically I'll, i'll summarize it for you in a nutshell i encourage you guys if you're you know friends with henry bass or you just want to learn more about like the top guys in the the industry find him on facebook adam read his uh you know read his his views um basically what henry says and i'm guessing he's talking about coaching people for indoor he's not a huge advocate of blank bail what he is a big advocate of is starting close until you can clean a tar you know clean a vegas round or whatever and then backing up now that's not the first time i've heard that the first time i've heard that is from randy long and you know, I'm not saying Randy Long did it first. I'm just saying that's the first. I'm, this is a common thing. This isn't like a, or it must be a common thing. This is not like a uh, a secret that's held off by a bunch of people, um, and it makes sense because I th- I think they do this in Joed uh, classes too, and I know they did it at Fat Shafts where they start the kids really close, and when the kids are just dusting through 300 rounds, they start to move the target back a little bit. Did I say that was Fat Shafts? That was Fat Shafts. So, that's what Henry Henry says. That's how when I coach people, that's what I do. Um, I think he says that's what he's done for himself, also as far as building confidence and whatnot. And you know, I can totally see that working. Um, like it makes sense to me. Henry Bass, just so you guys know, this last season for Vegas was that we season this last Vegas, Henry went and shot at bow hunter. Uh, Bowhunter Freestyle and one, So, the dude knows, you know, the dude knows some shit how to get somewhere. He puts down blank bailing and he puts quote, 
the word coaches in quotes, right? And I think that like set some people off because we all know a dude who's a coach, right? Who lives in that same area, who's a blank bailing uh, guru, and like <laughs> Blake is that dude. So it's kind of funny because can we say Blake? You know, who's who's to say who is wrong here? Both of these guys shoot amazing. They both got there two totally different ways. Um, well, I won't say totally different because I have my own theories, which I'll get to in a little bit. But what was interesting about this post, right, was a handful of people, like a handful of names in archery commented on what they thought, right? Domagoy Budin said, I just like using blank bail as stamina slash strength training. It's a lot quicker and just get a lot of arrows in. Okay. So that makes sense, right? Jesse Clayton says, I only blank bail for reps, stamina, and only then. So, and he writes more. I'm not going to, I won't go through every single thing. You know, you guys can go read it. But a lot of people jump in to support Henry's point, um, including a bunch of names. It looks like the, you know, the general uh, pattern amongst these really high-end shooters. We all know Domagoy, he won Reading once, and then Jesse Clayton was, like, famous for USATs or something. I don't know what. Um, oh, man. I just realized Jim's going to be so pissed when he hears me not know what Jesse Clayton did. Hold on. All right, so I just mentioned Jim's name. It's because Jim, I don't want to say he's the fact checker, but he's the guy that wants me to make sure that I get my shit straight when I'm talking to you guys. So I feel the need to give him credit. Uh, from the looks of it, Jesse Clayton does a lot of, I, I know he's done more stuff than this. It's a lot of World World Cup indoor shit. Um, interesting thing, World Archery's website <clears throat> now has a lot of Stan Lita banner shit everywhere. Ugh. I remember I said it before, fuck World Archery. I think we can all agree with that. Um, Jesse Clayton took silver at the World Archery Indoor Cup. In Marrakesh. So, I guess that further supports <clears throat> what I just said. So, Jesse Clayton says the same thing. Use it for reps, right? Um, kind of interesting. Of course, you know, uh, Blake's, you know, one of the one of the twins also, who's been a guest on this show, uh, jumps in in Blake's defense. And Blake just plays it off real smooth and cool. He's just like, nah, you know. I'm saying it all works. It's, it all goes together. Um, but he's not saying that his shit doesn't work. Um, so, what do I think about this? Not that my opinion matters, all right? My opinion is just as valid as any of y'all's. But what's interesting about, like, Henry wrote this post, and it, it was like 80 fucking comments. Like, people, everyone's jumping in, and it's almost like, got into this religious like or a political like no our side's right fuck you guys type type thing you know i guess it's not it's not that heavy but you do see a lot of people that are like you know you are correct blank bailing is bullshit and i get it. i mean that's what social media is for right it's it's for the fucking uh echo chamber but for all you guys out there and gals i should say that are wondering well do I blank bail or not? Um, I truly believe you can or you don't have to. Look at what Blake and Henry both have in common. Both of these guys have shot thousands of arrows. 
and I think how you get to thousands of arrows doesn't really matter as long as you put down thousands and thousands of arrows. Would you guys remember I did this um I did this one podcast about skill acquisition, right? And it's how this guy Huberman, I think it was Huberman, was talking about how they what happens to your brain, how how you do shit brain wise to develop new skills. And he was saying it's truly repetition, regardless of whether or not you do good or do bad. It's just going out there and doing something. When you do it right, your subconscious will start to iron out these pathways um, to tell your body, like, oh, he, you know, he or she liked that result. Let's try to get more of that, you know. Um, so yeah, Huberman goes into more, you know, detail. Like basically, I'll, I'll just do a quick recap for you guys. If you set something up to be eighty percent difficult, right? But you're, tw- you know, it's not a hundred percent difficult would mean you couldn't do it, right? But eighty percent difficult means, uh, oh no, I guess it would be twenty percent. Basically, you make it so that eighty percent of the time you can achieve your goal, right? And then the twenty percent or fifteen percent after, I guess it would be seventy-five, fifteen. Um, that fifteen percent after that that's the difficult part, right? And you do that until that becomes a hundred percent of you completing it, and then you set the goal post back. That would be like you uh saying, Okay, well now I'm shooting for a higher X count or now I'm gonna shoot at a further distance, you know? It's those kinds of things. And they they're also he's also a big proponent on not punishing yourself if you make a mistake. Right? Uh you know, where that gets in archery is kind of dicey because, you know, some people would probably think, well, okay, I shot at that nine. Do I mark at nine? Uh, you know, I'll just give it to myself. I don't think that – I don't think rewarding yourself for missing is a good thing. But he was saying, you know, you don't punish yourself. So, to me, that would mean you don't – you know, if you shoot a nine, you don't do the, oh, god damn it, right? You just keep going. You just keep rolling. Or you give yourself a, you can do it, and keep going. So, to me, that is getting repetition in. At at its core, it's getting repetition in. And what both of these guys are talking about, whether it be shooting from close range and then working your way back as you, you know, clean it or as it becomes easier. Or, you know, Blake Blake does a ton of blank bailing, but then he does a ton of regular shooting too. Like, I don't think you shoot 924s with four hours of, blank bailing every day and two hours on the range I would argue he puts just as much time if not more on the range so both of these dudes are right I would say they both have different I, I'm trying to get Henry Bass on the show to talk about it because uh, I would like to pick Henry's brain a little although he's very straightforward I just want to I'll pick his brain why he's so anti-blank bailing I think he was saying he thinks it breeds target panic or something like that um one dude in the comment thing said, shot, dude, shot IQ, that's what this is all about. So you don't need, you know, you don't need blank bailing. <coughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> in the end. I think they're both right, and I think this whole jumping on one side or another is a little silly, um, to be honest. But, I mean, these guys didn't do it. It was it was everyone else that was jumping in on it. It's It's weird how people get super loyal to one type of doing something. And it's like... Guys, we're all compound archers, right? 
It's like, well, I shoot freestyle compound. You shoot freestyle compound. This is not us versus us. This is us versus recurve shooters or, or us versus trad shooters, right? My personal, like, moral enemy is the bareboat shooter. They always got to say some smart-ass shit. They just, oh, you know, because they know. They know where their arrow's going, right? And they know you know. So they're just going to be like, huh, huh, how's that bow with training wheels? It's like, uh, you, you'll know, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> so anyway. That's the uh, the blank bail debate that's been going down. Uh, I think it's pretty much died down now. I just wanted to stir it up again because, honestly, it's it's an interesting uh, it's a kind of an interesting debate because I know really good shooters that would would say the opposite of both of those. You know, Rubio, Mark Rubio, Vegas champ, just shoot your bow. That dude pretty much got it right on, and you know that. Uh, What's the word? Philosophy on how to get better. Just shoot your bow. That really spans across all these different uh, protocols for getting better. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing if you're blank bailing? What do you do if you're shooting closer than far? You're just shooting your bow in the end. At the end of the day. Um, yeah. Some of the stuff I'm gonna grill Henry about. Henry is always talking about not practicing. I think that's bullshit. I think Henry practices a lot. But there's something about something about these uh was it Northern California or no because he's not in California. Something about certain pros, just some pros, they really like to let you know that they did not practice. As they're either kicking everyone's ass or as they're like just smoking it. It's like, dude, you're already winning, right? You're already the king. Why are you telling me you didn't practice? It's almost like they're pissing on the ashes at that point. <laughs> Paige is another one of them who's also, I don't practice. And Paige jumped in on Henry's, uh, Paige shares Henry's opinion, you know, the juggernaut. And, you know, I don't call her the juggernaut just because she got big jugs. It's that uh, she's the juggernaut. She's killing everybody. <laughs> Damn, that was a, a poorly delivered joke. <laughs> well, what can I say, dude? She's got, she got some sweater meat, so. All right, um... Moving on, moving on while you guys are still listening. Um, I got some listener questions, some good ones. Uh, my buddy Keaton Habbles had a question about how to set up a blade rest, as in angle and tuning, etc. Well, Keaton, uh, very interesting that you asked this because most people go the other way. It's like blade first and then drop away. But Keaton started with a drop away. It's not much different than setting up your drop away, but I would say it's arguably easier <laughs> when you're first setting your what i found is when you're first setting your bow up if you have a bow square and you you know you clip it to where the uh knock point would be at zero right you can kind of move that bow square back and forth and right when it just starts to clip the the two two tongs on the blade what do they call it the two the two points on the blade right if you have it super low, your bow score will go right over, right? will go right over your blade, won't touch anything. You slowly bring up your blade rest until that bow score goes clink, clink, and real lightly. You don't want to fucking, you know, you're not trying to bend this shit in half. You just clink, clink, and then boom, set your rest and start start from there. Uh, normally at this point, or before this point, I'll have my blade set at around 30, 30 or 35 degrees. 
Um, I haven't, you know, in the past I've played with super shallow blade angles. It, a lot of pros like to do that. I think shallow is the right word where you're you're running the blade angle super flat. Um, and what you get from that is you get a 10 blade will act more like an 8. It's not exactly an 8, but it will be an in-between. It'll be like a 10 minus or a 9.5. So when you start to run it real flat like that, you know, you'll get a couple things. That's that's one of them, is that you'll get a little softer blade action. I think, well, for sure, what you'll get is a little bit of vein contact, all right? Unless you're running your your knock setup knock high. Uh, in which case, if you're running knock high, it, you, it doesn't matter. The whole arrow is going to clear the blade. You're not going to ride it, you know? Um, I used to run my blade like that when I shot a... Hoyt Prevail, and I had a spot hog rest on it, and I ran the I ran it super flat, going for that kind of forgiveness. I had a little bit of vein contact on the corner of the blade, like the top corner point of the blade. I can't remember if it was left or right, but you could see that you know there's a spot where the blade uh, the vein would hit. Did it fuck anything up? Not really, not really. Um, I was always kind of wondering though. With that, running the blade angle so flat, what that does to really steep shots. Because when I ran that setup, it seemed like when I did miss in competition, it would be on a super steep downhill shot. And I've heard Steve Anderson talk about blade sag, you know, which is why certain, you know some people like to run the super super stiff blades. Or the benefit of having the drop away is you don't get blade sag. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it sounds like a like something that would make sense. Like you can visualize it, right? When you're pointing up and downhill, the blade kind of sagging a little bit under the weight of the arrow. But it's like just because you can visualize it, does it mean that it actually happens? Because <laughs> in Vegas, the last handful of winners that have won it have all shot a blade rest. So I, I don't think blade sag has much merit to it um, unless you're running your blade way too shallow then it makes sense then I can see that being a bad thing um, but if you run your blade I think 30 or 35 degrees uh, I think mine's 30 you're going to be in the sweet spot you're not going to have any problem with that and then as far as tuning goes just about every bow says set your bow up for like 3 quarter inch or Three, I think it's, that was a three-eighths. Basically, you're going to go three-quarters of an inch to seven-eighths from the center of your blade. That's in between those two points to the wall of the bow. And that's a good starting point for most bows. Um, you know, I'm sure some bows are different. I'm sure I've butchered one of those numbers at least. Personally, I don't even measure that, you know, that dimension I'll just stick it, you know, somewhere close, and then I'll I'll get to tuning right away. And sometimes that's that's not the greatest thing, but I know for myself the way arrows tear through paper, I'm gonna be moving that that blade inward past whatever the recommended point is anyway. It's just always how it's been. <clears throat> um, awesome thing with the elite bow is I actually didn't have to do that. It's the only bow I have not had to do that with. Because, you know, the set system and all that. 
So I think I just eyeballed that one too, though. I think that was like seven eighths. But yeah, as far as tuning, that's where you're going to start with your blade. Shoot it through paper, see if it's knock higher or knock low, and then adjust your blade up and down from there. Um, as far as left or right tears, if you're shooting a Matthews, you're going to have the top hat. If you're shooting a Hoyt, you're shit out of luck. Um, if you're shooting uh, an Elite, you know, you got the set system. Whatever your bow you're shooting has some way to adjust paper tears. At least these modern bows do. Uh, I don't know about the Darton bow. I'm sure it'll be like something through cam shimming or something like that. So I should take that back. Not the Darton. Martins? Hmm? Those seem kind of strange to tune. <coughs> so yeah, I would use the the bow to tune your left and rights if you can. And after that, you're set. Uh, the blade itself is super easy to set up, super easy to maintain. The worst shit that will happen is you'll go all season without a problem. And then you'll look at your blade and see it's like ha has slightly bent. And then you'll flip it around and all your marks will change. There's that. I've had someone fucking smack an arrow. Well, they, it was like their kid fucking smacked an arrow at, while I was at full draw and bent my blade once. And that was a pain in the ass. But I had a spare. You, you will have to get new marks afterwards. And probably shoot it through paper when you have a moment. But anywho... Um, let's see. Other question, uh, I'm sorry, listener questions. Uh, cool dude named Kevin Tanner says, Shot IQ is bullshit. And it's really about moving your release so slow you can stop it, and he does not like it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Ke Kevin Tanner. I just wrote in my notes, and he does not like it. <laughs> well, Kevin, I mean, you're not. You're not wrong in your description. He did say in his podcast, you're just moving your release so slow you can stop it. Um, You know, I've heard people say, like, this just does not work for me because I will get hung up. I think it's something that you have to practice. And I think even though it's, it's hard to get a grasp on it at first, I think it's something you just have to practice. And it feels odd and weird. But the more you do it, the more command you have of your shot. And the more you can make these shots without getting hung up. I mean, what Joel is specifically trying to fix right now is target panic and your release freezing up on you when you're shooting. Um, I think all that the accuracy stuff, the the accuracy part of that is kind of up to you to figure out. I think is how he's gonna, you know, ski daddle out the back door. <clears throat> but I don't think it's bullshit. I I have to disagree with you there, Kevin. I don't think it's bullshit. I just think it's a different way, and it's it's really foreign. And I think at first it doesn't it doesn't feel right, right? But at some point in your shooting, you're gonna continue. You're gonna freeze on something, or you're gonna get hung up, and you're gonna have to figure out a way through it. You know. And his system, I think, is just figuring figuring out ways through it. I'm I'm currently practicing what I think the Shot IQ program is. <laughs> I I haven't paid for it. I I refuse to pay for it because I'm poor. Uh I think a lot of you guys know I, I just stopped door dashing um via coaching. I'm coaching people <clears throat> and I'm hoping they'll be able to give a review pretty soon and tell you guys that I'm completely not full of shit. 
Um, but, you know, when I'm practicing is like a, what I think that shot IQ process is. It's keeping the release moving, you know. And he has said, yeah, stop it. You, you should be able to stop that, re- that shot at any time. <coughs> but now, like in his most recent podcast, he's like, no, you don't stop the shot front. You never let down. You always work through the shot. And sure, maybe that's wrong. <laughs> maybe that's the wrong way to approach it. But I get what he's getting at. What he's getting at is you're going to work through every shot. It's the whole reason why I went back to shooting a hinge is to grind through every single shot. When you switch to a button, even if you're shooting it correctly, right, it's much easier to get that thing to go than a hinge. You can use subtle push and pull motions with your bow hand and your release hand. Um, or if you just hold your bow hand out there, the the pulling that you can do can be gradual and slow, you know? I mean, which is what it should be with a hinge anyway. But with a hinge, you might slow down to the point where it just doesn't go because you have so much tension in your release hand that, that that hinge just is not going. So, you know, that's what I, I'm... I've shot the button all last year. I did really decent in Vegas last year with it. Or no, I'm sorry, not last year, two years ago. Damn, time, time flies. <clears throat> I did decent in Vegas once <laughs> once upon a time with a button. And uh it's a good it's a good way to shoot. But there will be times where you get nervous and you start to second guess the way you're executing. I and I would imagine this happens with all releases. But with a button, I just did not have the time to work that out. I would imagine that takes years or a ton of blank bailing or a ton of close to far practice, you know? So I went back to the hinge and I'm just grinding out long fucking days of shooting with the hinge. So far, so good. I really like it. It's it's probably not the shot IQ course. I, I'm sure if Joel Turner sat and, and saw me shooting, he would be like, mm, you're missing a lot of stuff. But... It's something. It is something. I'm doing something, and a lot of it is shit that I've heard him say. So, um, hey, if are you in Davis? If you are in Davis and you're looking for an archery club, check out the Yolo Bowman. And if you have free time, sign up and be a member. Uh, Yolo Bowman could totally benefit from having more people to get out there and help curate the the field, the course, if you want to call it. Um, Yolo Bowman this weekend is having their Oasis shoot. I am definitely going to be in attendance, <coughs> assuming my shoulders feel okay. I know a handful of people are probably going to be like, what? What's going on with them shoulders? Uh, I did play paintball this last week, and just, you know, if some of you guys have listened to this, know that I've, I've used to play paintball, like, a lot back in the day. Very competitive, speedball you know, airball player. Um, I say speedball airball, but it, it was it's called seven man national paintball players league, seven man. And, um, so the owner of West coast asked me to, if I would want to play for their team for one event, I said, sure, I'll come out and practice. And then, you know, I'll guess for you guys at this tournament. I went out, had a blast. The next day, could not move. <laughs> so I'm currently healing healing from that. But I'm taking all the proper precautions so that I can shoot the Oasis shoot. 
Um, I think there's going to be a, a, a really fun turnout, assuming it does not fucking rain. And if it does rain, that's really going to blow. So, yeah, the Oasis shoot is this weekend. It is the 19th. Um, Lodi is on the 26th. You guys know the Lodi Cartoon Classic, 25th and 26th. El Dorado Hills North American 3D, April 2nd. Break the Barriers, 415. That is, let me see, April 15th and 16th. That is going to be a fun one. I'm real. I really, I'm hoping it doesn't rain this weekend because this is going to be my gear up for um, Break the Barriers. Um, <coughs> Maya Around the World shoot is April 16th. So if you're not going to Break the Barriers, try and hit the Maya Around the World shoot. Fresno Safari is April 30th. If you guys aren't going to do Fres, if you're not going to do that outlaw, which you should, it's an outlaw. Last year at the Fresno Safari, fucking. Greg Poole. <clears throat> Sorry, I get a uh, I'm all choked up from all this weed I've been smoking. Um, Greg Poole and Gaius Carter were down there. They fucking put a clinic on. And they, you know, a couple of you dudes got to fucking shoot with them. How awesome is that? Uh, Sonoma County Bowman Ultimate is the same weekend as the Fresno Safari. So if for some reason, you're not doing the outlaws. In Fresno. If you're not going down to the Fresno Safari, come and shoot the Sonoma County Bowman's Ultimate 3D shoot. I will be there because it's close to my house. It's uh, it's going to be, I think that's also going to be a, for a 924 score. And then, let's see here. May 5th to the 7th is going to be Reading. So, sorry, I'm still all over the place with the dates here. But I want to get these right because... Last podcast, I fucked the dates up. What the hell? <clears throat> so, them, them's the dates for you guys. That's your tournament homework. Um, the show is brought to you by DB Custom Coatings. My friends Darren and Bet. They Saracote bows. They are doing Elliot Peters' uh, super cool, super not ugly bow tech. Um, it's going to be a cool custom color. I guess check out. I'm sure Elliot Peters will post it up, or you can check it out on DB Customs Instagram. Carbon Craft Stabilizers down in Fresno. I'm sorry, is that Clovis? Data Impact Archery in Fresno. My friend Brian Webb makes the Carbon Craft Stabilizer. It is the best stabilizer, hands down. Um, I say it every episode. I have a bunch of these bars, so if you want to try some, just ask me. I probably have some in my gear bag that I can throw your way. Uh, and finally, Archer and Filtered has new hats. Guys, new hats are in. They are the Richardson 112. These ones are a new batch. And what's cool about this new batch of hats, <clears throat> in my first run of hats, when you wore them, there was some weird pressure in the center of my forehead from the, like the overlap or the seam on the... On the hat itself, it was weird. They they put a weird pressure on the middle of my forehead. But I wore it so much, it, it just stopped. It kind of went away. Or it, maybe I have a fat dent in my forehead now. But these new Richardson 112s don't have that. They're super fucking comfy. I guess whatever, you know, children in <laughs> Malaysia made these in their sweatshop uh, did a much, much better job on these than the ones before. 
they got the logo, guys. It's $27 per hat. Add $8 if you want me to mail it to you. So that would be $35. If you want to get more than one hat, I will uh, not charge you extra shipping, you know? So save yourself some shipping. Pay $8 only once. Buy extra hats. Thank you guys for supporting the show. I've already got a bunch of people asking about hats. Uh, I really appreciate it. I would like to get a picture with all of you guys in Reading. Everyone that is purchasing a hat, if you're going to Reading, find me and let's get a big-ass group photo for the, the Facebook and Instagram. Uh, again, I really appreciate all the listeners and everyone that's sticking by the show and continuing to listen. You guys may have heard I cut a commercial for Spotify. I made it cheesy as hell. Someone asked me what what's the deal with the music. I I chose that music. That was not <laughs> They didn't make me use that music. That I brought that from my own playlists. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make it a really really cheesy commercial. So, uh I hope that doesn't uh what's the word? Disgust you guys too much that I'm I'm shilling for uh the Spotify, but you know, Got to monetize, you know. Let's see who, who you guys want to do a bet on what's going to be the next sponsor for this show. It's either going to be A, nobody, and that's the only sponsor I get. Or, I mean, paid sponsor, I should say. Or it'll be B, Manscaped, be some kind of ball shaving company. I doubt it will be Blue Chews, but you guys that are listening are the demographic for Blue Chews. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like boner pill candy. Um so take a take a wild guess and we'll see which one it is. I'll say if you, well, I can't. A bunch of people are gonna probably pick the same answer, so I can't give anything away for it. But anyway, <clears throat> thank you guys for supporting the show. Um, wish me luck this weekend. I'm gonna shoot that Oasis shoot. I'm trying to shoot with Mark Rubio. Trying to shoot with Caleb Quiocho. Two beasts. I figure if I'm shooting like a a nine eleven, they'll pull me up to like a nine fourteen. Just the fact that I'm shooting with guys like that. Will pull me up a couple points. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna try to get Henry on this show in a little bit. We'll talk Darton Bows. We'll talk about his Facebook post and you know see if we can't learn something from the guy. All right, except for which wines to mix together and get fucking shit faced on. All right, y'all. That is the episode for today. I hope you guys have a wonderful week weekend. Bye bye. <laughs>